Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. My name is Kara, and I said the name of our podcast correctly. Woohoo, go Kara! Um, <laughs> this I is don't Lauren. Do that. Lauren is with me, and we also have a very, very special guest, a friend of mine and Lauren's from college, mm-hmm. Chassie, is with us. Say hi, Chassie. Hi, Chassie. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. We met Chassie through our sorority in college, Mm -hmm. um, but spent quite a bit of time with each other since then Mm -hmm. um, socially. So Mm -hmm. it's great to have you on. And I'm really excited. I've been really pumped about this episode. We've been sort of planning this one longer than we normally plan Mm -hmm. episodes. Our normal planning period for an episode is about... (laughs) Two to three business days, I would say. So what are we going to talk about? Oh, crap. What, what beer, beer are we have? drinking? What th- <laughs> Hold on. Let me go look at my fridge. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. I have one of these. Well, I have one of those, too. And then we drink that brewery, and that's kind of how things come to be. Well, yes. I appreciate that you planned this there out was just we, for me. We did. A tiny bit more planning on this one. A little well, there bit was a more work. collecting of beers as well for this yeah. one. Yes. So yes. Um, our plan for today. Go ahead, Lauren. Why don't you get us uh, started? So we're going to be talking about the black is beautiful different collaborations so we've got six different beers that we're going to sample today um if you don't know what this is all about black is beautiful is the beer base that weathered souls out of san antonio texas um created the recipe for and put out for a collaborative effort to bring awareness and create a more inclusive community Across the world, really, now it's um, being brewed by 1,102 different breweries, all 50 states, across 20 different countries. Wow. Wow. Um, So what you have to do is you've got the base recipe, and people can put different adjuncts, kind of make it their own. Um, But 100% of the proceeds need to go to local foundations that support equality and inclusion. So, um, yeah, it's a great collaborative effort. This is a pretty awesome, uh, from the brewing community. Like I said, it's, you know, over a thousand different breweries have jumped on board for this. So we have six of them today that we're going to sample. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And then with that, um, we were just going to kind of talk about our different experiences with diversity with inclusion equality mm-hmm. um from our pasts from me and Kara and chassis all have kids so potentially our kids experiences we're all pretty young mm-hmm. um and see where the conversation goes so that's our plan a little different for today but we're very excited yeah so before we dive into the serious stuff uh chassis do you want to share anything about yourself or do you want me to crack the first beer um, I can do, well, yeah, can I can do both. You can do let's, both. Let's do Crack both. Go ahead and so, I'll get this open. All right. So, yeah, my name is, you know, Chassie Sheritz and I am, you know, local. And um, over my lifetime, I've done a lot of different things with diversity and inclusion. Um, right now, um, I am a manager of a program for males of color um, at the community college that I work for. And so... One of the good things about that is I am challenged with making sure that people know about diversity and inclusion and access for a lot of those students. So that's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. So 
let's talk about our first beer. So the first thing we're going to drink um, is Revolution's mm-hmm. version, Revolution Brewing's version of Black is Beautiful. They stuck to the base recipe. So they described it as a smooth, strong imperial stout with roast, caramel, and dark chocolate flavors. So let's give it a taste. And we'll start here and we'll work our way up. Eh? Yeah. Cheers. 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 This is essentially, this is the base recipe that Weathered Souls put out. Um, so it's a great place to start because all of the other beers we'll be drinking today kind of put their own spin, um, their own adjuncts, their own flavors on it. So um, we're going to start with their Revolution's choice for where their proceeds are going to for this this distribution is My Block, My Hood, My City. So their mission is to help teenagers um, overcome poverty and isolation, help with education, uh, and just opening up different opportunities to that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a number of at least Illinois breweries that have chosen that particular yeah, we'll hit on that um, again for charity. Sure. But just yeah. so you know, that's what Revolution uh, decided to send its proceeds to. So what do you, th- what do you think, girls? I like it. You know, honestly, I read that description and then I took a drink and I was like, yeah, I get it's a smooth, it's nice and roasty. Mm-hmm. I definitely get that caramel and chocolate flavor kind of mixing together on it, but it's very simple flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, I we agree. drink a lot of stouts that have <clears throat> adjuncts in them, which mm-hmm. is additional flavors. Right. So a lot of people add vanilla or they add coffee or they add maple or they add mm-hmm. certain fruits and things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, it's refreshing every once in a while to have a beer that's just crisp, clean, simple version mm-hmm. of no, itself. This is really, this is yeah. really good. It is really it's good. I'm actually kind of surprised. Crisp is a good mm-hmm. uh, description of it, I feel yeah. like, mm-hmm. for a stout particularly. Um, I definitely I definitely taste the, the roastedness in here mm-hmm. yeah. to me that's coming out. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm a really big fan of Revolution, like I told you guys. Yep. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> me too. It's, Their it's barrel very program smooth. is great. They sure. come out with and great beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I said I was surprised earlier that it tasted good. And I wanted to clarify <laughs> on that because I was like, wait a second, you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised because we're so spoiled with all these beers that have all this additional stuff in them that... For a moment, I thought I was afraid that I would drink this and I would kind of be Underwhelmed. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. tastes like a stout. And mm-hmm. I would find it dull, yeah. but I don't at all. It's like I said, it's refreshing. Yeah. No, this is actually really good. I, you know, I think that we are a little bit spoiled with that in general lately. I think we've maybe maybe off the mic talked about it before, but, you know, there's so many beers that have so many different complexities and flavors that we wind up drinking that once in a while, it's nice to just have a basic, yeah, yeah. like this is a stout or this is an IPA or this is this without any adjuncts and just be a nice, clean, crisp, smooth drinking. And this is very much that in a stout, I think. Yeah. And I agree. And so. a great starting point for our I little like beer adventure we're about Ooh. to go on. And uh, mm-hmm. so with that in mind, mm-hmm. I thought maybe we would <clears throat> talk about our our starting points with our introduction and experience to diversity. Um, Lauren and I have probably a pretty (laughs) similar story because we grew up literally a few houses away from each other in the same town. Mm -hmm. We went to the same elementary school and the same high school and the same college. Literally, yeah, Uh, the same for 20 years. (laughs) Some of our experiences growing up, we have a lot, we have a lot in common there. We grew up in a small southwest suburb of Chicago that was not diverse at all. Uh, not when we were there. No. Much more now, but when we were there, yeah, it was I, it was very Caucasian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So to be perfectly honest, I probably spent a great deal of my childhood pretty ignorant to that, um, in that, mm-hmm. in that I probably did not have a healthy respect at all for, for cultural differences, mm-hmm. um, or even just experiences growing up, you know, that you could be treated differently based on your culture or your race or your religion or any of those things mm-hmm. kind of was lost on me yeah. growing up. No, I definitely agree. I mean, we were so close. We were I mean, really still close to Chicago border-wise, but our town was almost, like, just all its own little plopped from the 1950s because it was all white. It was all, like, a lot of our moms didn't work. Mm -hmm. A lot, you know, it was Mm -hmm. a very nuclear family. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone that didn't have a normal, what I said, typical mom, dad, dad works, mom raises the kids, two 2.5 2.5 kids picking out, you know, in a, in a minivan. Yeah. Like, that was our, our growing yeah. up. I mean, so, most of my yeah. childhood friends fit into all of those boxes. Yeah. I said to Kara when we were talking about this originally that I still remember distinctly the first African-American family that moved into our town. I do, too. And it was the f- one. And we were in elementary school. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what age. Yeah, I no, could but hypothesize. It's, it's funny thinking back to that now and being like, how is it so... That we would just, like, specifically remember yeah. this one event, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it made it for a very strange mm-hmm. uh, uh, growing up, I think. And I and, think, and yeah. In a way we didn't know. I mean, we were, like I said, we were ignorant to it in all, in all ways, but mm-hmm. I think most specifically ignorant to the fact that it was even a, a subject. Right. Yeah, we never, we really never encountered anyone different than us until high school probably yeah now our high school was was quite diverse um in the sense that in a lot of ways you Mm -hmm. know i mean socioeconomic races all all kinds of things it was yeah and i don't remember a bad transition or feeling any any sort of of I don't want to say bigotry because i think that's too strong from like middle school to high school Mm -hmm. yeah in a a sense where i felt like I was in unfamiliar territory and reacted poorly to it. Um, I didn't I didn't really feel that way. I think part of that might be because my parents were not my parents were not um, racist or bigoted. They didn't really have biases against individuals for certain for reasons mm-hmm. like that. And um, and if they did they, they certainly may not never have said anything to me. Um, yeah. Although I don't, be- now that I'm an adult, I, d- I don't really believe that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as a result, because they weren't encouraging me to react negatively, I didn't think anything I didn't. of it. Really. You know, it's it's like that when you tell a kid not to do something, you tell them not to do it, mm-hmm. and they do, do it, it. Yeah. because you told them not to do it. Yeah. So you know, if if your parents are like, oh, you know, I don't want you to hang out with him because his mom and dad are divorced, or, you know, something. or something like yeah. that. Then you're going to be like, well, I'm definitely going to hang out with that guy. <laughs> right. Now i got to figure out why, <laughs> why that's not okay. Yeah. Like, no, what are you talking totally about? totally true. And yeah. so, I mean, my parents weren't directly encouraging, but certainly weren't discouraging of me experiencing all of this myself. I, I would say that that my, um, my mom isn't prejudiced against almost anybody but I think my dad is prejudiced against everybody. Like just people in general? Like just people. (laughs) Like anyone that's different. Like, and he's much better now, I would say, as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, anybody that was different was like not okay. And then Hmm. he'd meet like a gay couple and he'd be like, well, they're okay. And I'm like, yeah, they're all okay. Like just Mm -hmm. because you don't know them and you've never met one and you're not friends with them 
doesn't mean they're not okay. It's just you are not comfortable with what you don't know. Right. Is I, what I and think. I think that's the I think that's the root situation that happens with a lot of people. You know, white or black. I mean, it just that's just what happens. But I mean, I think for for me, it was the opposite. You know, I'm from the south side of Chicago, where my entire neighborhood and still is, you know, where mm-hmm. my parents live now, black. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't go to the, you know, the neighborhood schools um, because my parents felt that the education at those schools were lacking. And so, you know, I spent my entire life until I got, you know, to college um, in a private school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even my private schools were black. Okay. My high school um, was going through a transition when I got there. I, I went to junior high at my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, my high school um, was far away from my house. Mm-hmm. It was on the border. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still in Chicago, but it was on the border of, you know, a, a southwest suburb. Sure. And um, when I got there, there was a transition. There were probably... 500 students in my mm-hmm. high school and probably 30 of them were white at that point. Okay. And so that transition started to happen. So by the mm-hmm. time I was a senior, there was only one white student, <laughs> Jeez. you oh. know, yeah. in my, in my <clears throat> high school. So it was a culture shock when I went to college um, because there was so much diversity. Oh, for sure. You know? And being in that singular universe for so long, you're like, wait, what happened? It's different, yeah, definitely. But then also to add to that, my perception of other people were based on what I saw on TV. Okay. And so when I would see, you know, a Caucasian person, my brain would switch to something that I saw on TV. That and makes that total and that sense. would be yeah. that would be my perception of them. Whatever Until stereotype you have. Whatever yeah. stereotype <laughs> popped into so my you head. you watched a lot of Seinfeld or something. You know, you have like the breakfast club or sure. you, know, different, you know, every person is from the suburbs, you know. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, that's, that's what happened until, you know, I actually got to know a lot of people. I'm sure that's the same way for Absolutely. everyone. I mean, yeah. color or not, or economic status or not, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's if you aren't, if you don't have someone in your life that is of that, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that type is or um, anything, it's mm-hmm. you don't know until you get to know them. So, you know, social media and TV and music and all of the things that we have as inputs is where we base kind of our stereotype of people. Yeah. Which often is wrong. Sometimes is right, but Mm -hmm. often is wrong. And that's what we, you know, kind of jump to judge people for is the things that, you know, isn't actually individualized. Yeah. (laughs) No, totally. I was actually going to make a totally random comment and say there's, like, this little, like, set of tweets floating around lately online that are, like, how people outside of the United States... Like, when they observe things, Mm -hmm. and they're like, do all Americans eat bacon with their hands, or do you just do that in movies? And it's, like, this whole list of, like, do all Americans... I eat it with my hands. Yes, you do. Yeah, Yeah, we all do. That one's true. That's really interesting. (laughs) Well, I mean, I agree with you, because even when I studied abroad, 
you know, I'm telling everyone that I'm from Chicago. They're like, are do you know Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah, right? Michael yeah, Jordan. I know, right? Like every yeah. single stereotype that you can yep. have about right? Chicago is what Al Capone asking. and Michael Jordan. Yes, that's what we got. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. But you're totally right. This mm-hmm. is just a kind of a smaller version of that when you're talking about whether you've met someone who's you know, Mexican, Latino, black, whatever, Indian, you know, everything. Like, I didn't actually know anyone who was, like, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, any of that until college. Like, literally at all. Right. Because we we just never encountered anyone. So, like, you know, so that's another... Well, even foreign language speakers. I didn't really experience that until college. Mm -hmm. And I had classmates that, obviously, English wasn't their first language, Mm -hmm. or they knew very little at all. And um, it was interesting to kind of watch them experience Mm -hmm. going to college in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were... So we all went to the University of... Um, Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, um, mm-hmm. Urbana-Champaign, uh, UIUC, whatever. whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, which one is first? None of us Urbana are correct you. No. Um, <laughs> but it has a very large international student mm-hmm. population. So there, the diversity there was seen immediately. Yes. I mean, like, of all, every different, I mean, so many different kinds of people all in one place. And it's mm-hmm. a large school, and you're thrown all together. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely the most diverse I've ever encountered, which Absolutely. the sorority we actually all met in is a multicultural sorority. Um, right. So mm-hmm. um, that that helps as well. But yeah, until then, you know, there's definitely nationalities of people, groups of people that I really hadn't encountered. Our growing up grammar school was white, whitey white. Um, mm-hmm. And then high school She's was, right. it's, it's true. It's um, I'm, uh, yeah. I don't even think we had teachers that were of a different ethnicity. No, I did. I don't think we did. Okay. I did. Okay. So my fourth grade teacher, um, high school teachers were majority of white. Hmm. And, you know, okay. that's the, the paradox that's of huh. the whole You situation. know, and it's unfortunate, like you said, and other people I know that have gone to try and go find a private school that's unfortunately better than the public school in their area is the access to it isn't great. You do have to go far. Mm -hmm. Our good friend Ileana rode a public bus and then I took another bus to get to a high school that was worth going to. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, one of... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> yeah. But we anyway. all felt the same way. Lauren and I decided not to go there. <laughs> yeah. We both, uh, yes, both were of our parents encouraged. Were you presented with that possibility? Yes, yeah, I, I was, was encouraged. Too. I was too. We were all encouraged yeah. to go there. Well, my brother uh, went to private high yeah. school, so it um, was. Yeah, no, we were, I was, I was strongly encouraged to go, and I, I chose against it. But As did I. We, we too. We, we all did fine we probably um, with would have our met choices. Each other. Yeah, right? We could have met each other in high school instead yeah. of college. But, um and Ileana. This is yeah. true. But the access, like, you have to take an hour to get to school in the mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. Like, that is really, it, it's just, not, it's unfortunate. How exhausting. Like, it makes high right? school so much more yeah. difficult. And that's mm-hmm. actually proving, like, you actually want to learn. Right. Because other people who aren't as motivated aren't going to do that. Sure. So they're going to go to the school that doesn't have as good of resources that isn't going to be as good for them. And it's just unfortunate that that's... That there's not equality in that right now. Right. Like, yeah, um, that I mean, that's a totally you know that's a different conversation. But yeah. you know, there's <laughs> yes. a whole other podcast. There's a whole another podcast because there's a history to that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure. Let's uh, crack another beer now that we're on that high note. Yes. All right. Uh, so let's talk about Skeleton Key. This is Skeleton Key's version, and their stout has 
plantains, and toasted coconut. So this is going to be, like, mm. very different, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, coconut is a very strong flavor. Yes. Um, that Kara doesn't I love, gonna, That I don't see. like. <laughs> uh, they actually mm. also are uh, donating their proceeds to My Block, My Hood, My City. So. Yep. Actually, the, the next couple, I think. Yeah, there's a handful in the hair. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to hit that a few times, um, which is awesome. I love that they picked Thank their you. own cause, that it wasn't a... I agree. You uh, know, like a, a national... A blanket, yeah. I'm, or something I'm like really that, glad that I it wasn't a mm-hmm. national syndicated, like, uh, you know, um, foundation. Because yeah. it's great that the local breweries get to pick something that's local. And especially Mm -hmm. right now, like with all of the stuff that's been going on, like you really are encouraging buy local shop local, do things locally. Like, and I think that it's great that they are all joining in to do something good, Mm -hmm. but they're also doing something good for their city or their community, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. So let's try skeleton key. Ooh. Yep, it smells like coconut. <laughs> Kara's <laughs> like, ah. Yep, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I taste the plantain, though. You can. Yeah. I don't hate coconut, so I don't have as strong of a reaction to so, it. So <laughs> I've been coming around on coconut a bit. Okay. So I had that beer last night, the Thanks for the Invite, mm-hmm. um, which is a Whiskey Hill foreign exchange collaboration. And it had coconut in it. And it also had pistachios, which is yet another flavor that I don't particularly (laughs) like. Um, And what really comes through there is the fact that I'm a picky eater. And I don't like those foods. So I don't (laughs) like them in there. Um, I definitely get coconut in this. But it's not too overwhelming. I'm sure you probably feel like you got smacked in the face. Yeah, I got smacked in the face. (laughs) There are beers that have coconut that are shockingly strong coconut. Like, you want to use it as sunscreen. That's how strong <laughs> Or just it is. bad. Sometimes yeah, toasted coconut is bad. And I don't dislike coconut. Yeah. And sometimes the toasted coconut in a beer is a bad choice. Yeah. Like, it's just the flavor really needs to mix well. Mm-hmm. And for you two that don't like coconut, if you like coconut, this is good. I, so. Well, and I was going to say, <laughs> I've come around a bit more on coconut. Um, this is about average for me when it comes to the level mm-hmm. it's a little strong mm-hmm. like i said you probably think it's right. crazy because yeah. you haven't had 50 million coconut flavored beers which right. yeah i actually i actually to. really like this one i think yeah. to me the plantain taste comes out i like that and i really like that flavor i in do this. like the plantain but i think the yeah coconut the coconut's just strong. too much for you too which much is for fair you. um I do like it. I actually, I like coconut flavor. I don't like coconut texture, actually. Mm, So when I eat it, I don't like it. So like, if something has like the little shaved coconut. Yeah, I hate it. I don't like it. I won't eat it. I don't like how it looks. And I'm very visual with eating. I don't like the texture of it in my mouth. (laughs) I dislike it. It doesn't Hmm. appeal to me at all. It's like, you know, it's like hairs are growing on your I like coconut. Like, I actually like that texture. Oh, yeah. No, I don't like it. I don't like the texture of anything, anything. i mean like it, yeah even like, like if all. it's in like a chocolate or a cookie or something like i dislike the i just don't like the texture of the coconut mm. but i like the flavor of coconut. okay so two very different things to me this one i actually do like um i really like the combination of the plantain and the coconut so if that's something that you 
like normally, I would actually recommend this one because this is quite tasty if you like those flavors. Mm. It's a good combination with the base. Well, interesting job, Skeleton Key. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> say that. We had some. We had a, a love. We had a well, I like it. Yes. Like, and then we had a in the middle. <laughs> I would call myself in the middle on that one. Yeah. No, um, I, I do like it. So. Yeah, I have an extra can of this, but I can't give it to you because my husband <laughs> is also a coconut uh, lover. And I right. think he'll love this beer. I think he will. I, yeah. I do. I think he'll like this. Yeah, I think he's going to really like it. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep it. Um, so That's let's kind of shift back and kind of talk a little bit more about diversity and our experiences. And um, I know we took some notes. I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit because I think we're going to get around to all of this eventually. But I'm going to drink more skeleton What kind cake. of experiences <laughs> have your kids had so far? I mean, we all have pretty young children. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kind of experiences have your children had so far? Exposure-wise, not necessarily like what are you teaching them about diversity, but how have they been exposed to diversity so far? I think the teaching is actually more important. I'm constantly torn with my my children are colorblind. Like they don't, they could care less anything like about color. I mean, they they know that people look different, but they don't understand that it's actually different. Like, oh, you're tan or oh, you're whatever. So it's kind of like my, so I've got two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old, um, you know, and it's come up like, what do I teach them? Like that sometimes people are judged because of the color of their skin and, you know, you know, how much of that conversation and when is it right to have? And, you know, it's a challenge because my kids go to a predominantly white school. Um, they have a few people in their classes that are of different nationalities. Uh, one, so my daughter's like Victoria, you know, I want to have a play date with Victoria. Um, cause I asked her like, who's your friends in school? Like, you know, whatever, if we want to hang out, if we want to have somebody over, um, and you know, before all of the, everything shut down. And then the last day of school, they had like this car parade and they all like got out and said, you know, hi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, who's Victoria? Like, point her out so I can get her mom's number so you can, like, when you're allowed to hang out again, you can hang out. And so she she goes, and she's the one black person in her class. And I had no idea because my daughter has doesn't matter. Never made that Doesn't matter to her. Yeah. Like, it literally, mm-hmm. like, when I ask her about her friend, she's like, oh, she likes this, and she likes this, and she's whatever, and blah, blah. But she would never think to tell me the color of their skin. Like, yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And so it does it's not that she doesn't notice, it's just that it doesn't matter. Right. Which is good, but at what point yeah. do you sort of teach yeah. them? I mean, we talked about that you know what I mean? when my <clears throat> nine-year-old was going to kindergarten, so his first school year, Martin Luther King Day rolls around. Mm-hmm. And he comes home and he tells us who Martin Luther King is and, and, and that, uh, you know, the kindergarten version mm-hmm. of history about that. Sure. And initially we were like, oh, no, you know, like, oh, you know, now you've heard all these stories about segregation mm-hmm. and we don't want you to think about that. And so our initial reaction was like, oh, are you sure you're ready? Like, like sort of a. Yeah. And and what we realized was that it was such a positive experience for him. Mm-hmm. And, and the school was obviously prepared to teach this mm-hmm. history lesson to right. kindergartners. Um I'll give the school credit any chance I get, by the way. You know, if they're doing a good job, they're definitely going to hear it from me. Um, and he came home with just, like, some really positive feelings about the, the you know, the diversity among his classmates. My s- 
children go to a very, very diverse school. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, only 9% of the school is white. Mm -hmm. Um, So in my son's grade, there's probably maybe two or three white students in his grade. Um, Mostly it's Hispanic in Mm -hmm. my kid's school, but it's actually a very wide variety of of ethnicities. Um, And Bolingbroke High School is the most diverse high school in the country. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, yeah. And by the time my kids get to high school, it will be it will be of no subject to them because yeah. this will have been something that they've been exposed to. to. Yeah. Um, but to get back to my son's experience in kindergarten, I felt like he came away with it like he was personalizing this. He was talking about his friend Ezekiel. And yeah. he was like, when when Martin Luther King was around, Ezekiel wouldn't have been in my class with me, and then we wouldn't have been friends. Mm. And I love Ezekiel. He's my best friend. And I realized that there has to be a middle ground. There has to be a way for you to have these conversations with your children, even when they seem young. I mean, he's he's five years old. And, I mean, how much do you tell a five-year-old about our history in general? let alone something that maybe brings something to their attention that they weren't really paying attention to. Well, we were talking about this maybe in a podcast, maybe just drinking beer, I don't know, whatever. um, Aren't those the same? (laughs) Pretty much. But when the George Floyd murder happened, Nickelodeon had an eight minutes of silence, and they Mm. just put something on their screen. It was like... It, wow. it was like talk that. to their talk to your kids about what it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't specifics about mm-hmm. that it was about equality and inclusion mm-hmm. and whatever I'm sure I could find it somewhere online but there was a number of white stay-at-home moms that were like how dare they do this and sh- throw this in our faces and make our kids learn and I was like go Nickelodeon you don't have to tell them about what happened you can teach your kids about something mm-hmm. like right. You shouldn't be sheltering your kids, mm-hmm. even if they're six. Like, mm-hmm. th- they're out in the world. They're, there's all kinds of different things. Like, you don't have to tell them specifically what's going on right now with this circumstance, but you can talk to them about anything that makes the world better, that makes them more sympathetic and empathetic and yeah. whatnot. Like, use it, as a, use it as a positive instead of bitching out a network for trying to do something positive. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so, but I saw huge mixed reactions. Yeah. And well, I was not like. Surprising. I mean, that's basically the theme of this whole situation yeah. is mixed reaction. Mixed. But I was kind of disappointed in some of the people that were like, how dare Nickelodeon? And I was like, why don't you just look at it as something positive? Use yeah. it as an opportunity. I don't care if you talk to them about Abraham Lincoln. Like, you can yeah. find something to talk to them right. about to teach them. I struggle with what to teach them, so I get it. But, like, don't don't take it as a negative so much was my i think that a lot of that has to do with um the 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 hot word privilege because with that privilege it's something kind of like what you guys were talking about before you didn't have to think about those things right yeah and so with me i mean ever since harper was born and she was able to understand and talk i've talked to her about these situations um You know, I live in, you know, an interracial family. My husband's white. Um, Our daughter's black. I mean, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter 
it doesn't matter to what what we think about her. It's what other people see. Mm-hmm. And so with her being in um, a predominantly white school with, you know, the joke that, you know, my husband made, you know, my husband is, you know, blonde and blue eyed. We <laughs> went to kindergarten preview and he's like, wow, so see a blonde. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone's blonde everyone's here. Blonde. You know, and so, you know, for our daughter to be the only black child in her class Mm -hmm. and people are asking her, students are asking her, well, why do you look that way? Mm. Yeah. You know, and this is kindergarten. Right. Right. You know, and so she will come home and say, you know, mom, this is what they said to me. And I will have a conversation with her about that. Yeah. You know, Harper is um, very strong. And she will tell someone, well, I am black. And, you know, she will tell them, like, different things. And so when you were talking about the, um, excuse me, the Martin Luther King thing, um, Harper came home with the same, you know, the the kindergarten version or first grade version (laughs) of, you know, MLK. And, you know, she said that she told the teacher, well... You forgot about like the <laughs> bus boycott. You forgot about like oh, like man, awesome. <laughs> like all these things, right, you know. Yeah. And you know, it, it's good. You know, you have to talk. You have to talk about it to a certain extent. You know, I, you know, my husband and I did talk to Harper about George Floyd, and I I feel like Brian's a little bit more passionate about the way that he talks about things than I am, where I'm kind of more straightforward. Mm-hmm. And these are the reasons, you know, because you know. I'm a doctor, so I talk about all these <laughs> random things you're very where, direct, where yeah. he's like, well, it's because of this and this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, so, here's what happened. This is what happened. <laughs> this is why everyone's mad. But, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I talk to her about those things because it is a part of her culture. Yeah. You know, me and my privilege that I have being an educated black woman is different than someone from the neighborhood that I came from. Right. And so one of the things that, um, and I'm so glad that I still do this, every weekend we still go to Chicago mm-hmm. and visit my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's able to see, you know, cousins and other people who may not have the same, you know, privileges as she does living, you know, in Naperville. Sure, mm-hmm. she has different opportunities. She has a yeah. very very different opportunities that um, that they have. And, you know, one of the things about my family is that we are very direct and we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about those things. You know, you know, one of the things that I learned when I was going through this whole process of, you know, learning about racial equality and all these things was it's very difficult for me to understand colorblindness because the reason why I can't understand colorblindness is because of the situations that I've dealt with over, you know, my lifetime. And one of the situations that I talk about um, when I talk to students is my, you know, college experience and the things that happened to me, you know, being down in the corn, you know, in (laughs) Champaign. You know, from my freshman year to, you know, the time when we all graduated, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I would rather someone say that they don't like me, which they will do down Uh, there. Sure. 
True. Than to <laughs> pretend like they do. Right. And I feel like when people say, oh, well, I don't see that. I don't see that. They're not actually seeing me. They're seeing what they think I am. Like you a see stereotype. It's a like, stereotype. Yeah. And, that, and that's where They're not it's really all... getting to know you. And there's right. some people that are like, I have a black friend. Great. Great. Do you want a gold star? Right. Like, Have fun with that. Like, I, don't, you know, I have friends, but I have friends. Like, I don't care what right. color they are. Like, right. I have friends who are mixed everything and, and right. I could and care less to like, take it to the next level if you have a black friend not every black person is like your black friend, friend and right. vice versa yeah. correct and Just I like, think that's not the every, thing that people every, fail to make that jump yeah you right. know and I think True. for Harper you know she is seven and so she's still trying to figure out everything you know too oh well I mean, yeah just yeah, in general you know, they're so young yeah I mean she's Right, she is a minority within her class. Mm-hmm. Right. She's a minority within our neighborhood. Yeah. And trying to deal with the different situations, you know, sometimes she understands, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah, when she'll, you know, have more experiences, hopefully positive yeah. she gets older. Especially but because our kids are growing correct. up in a very different culture than well, when we grew up. And well, that's what I was going to say. teaching Martin Luther King in kindergarten. Yeah, right. when they were. It was yeah. probably not the case when right. we were or growing up. Or not the up. same. Yeah. Right, and... Um, one of those things, one of the, another situation with that, thinking about me being younger, um, and seeing, you know, our minoritized population now, you know, I host Black History Month for the college, and, you know, we had this one, one seminar that talked about, um, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is the uh, Black National Anthem, and I had black students ask me, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like they've been, they they don't know their own history because it was never talked to them mm, within the school, right? And yeah. so that's one of the other issues that happens. Yeah, that's, so. that's totally, and that's fair. why we always have to compensate, you know, especially with our with. Harper because she's not going to learn all those different things. Right. We know about Abraham Lincoln. We know sure, like the watered down version. Everybody of it. knows you the know? watered down version yeah. of you some know? of that. But, but if they're, they're not the even side, teaching it, you know, yeah. then. Oh, that's totally you true. Know. Yeah, no, Well, and I, I think agree. that kind of brings us, and we can go further into right. this, but I think that kind of brings us to the next topic, sort of, is that, you know, what can we do as parents mm-hmm. to encourage and right. inspire, you know, learning about this diversity? And, uh, you know, I kind of made this note about how I want to focus on unity and common ground, mm-hmm. but not ignore the history, which I, I think agree, is what it really yeah. boils down to, is not ignoring history, but also having a very unified mm-hmm. focus mm-hmm. um right. and i think that's a great example i think as parents we have an opportunity to teach our kids this history and to kind of i mean I, you mentioned that you talked to her about this event this george floyd mm-hmm. event and i we did the same thing we uh had a couple of moments where we were trying to decide how to approach that topic to them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and we just kind of straight out went through it yeah um we weren't graphic right i mean well you can't be like yeah. we did the same thing with the twins right. but they should know about we don't want to shelter our kids which is part of why i was angry about the nickelodeon thing is i don't want to shelter my kids from them knowing what's going on in the world right mm-hmm. i don't know all the time the best way of telling them mm-hmm. but i don't want them to live in a bubble right right because I mean, yeah from that specific perspective mm-hmm. we were just basically like the policeman hurt this man Mm -hmm. because of the color of his skin. And that was the general description that Mm -hmm. we gave to our children. And for that age group, 
They that asked, works. They right. asked reasonable questions. Yep. Well, did he do something wrong? Mm-hmm. Did the policeman have to react? Did he? What, sure. Why mm-hmm. was the policeman feeling that way? Is, you know, but he's supposed to protect us. All of the normal conversation right. points, mm-hmm. and just talking through them. Well, yes, police officers are supposed to protect us, mm-hmm. and that's why everybody is so upset mm-hmm. yeah. because this police officer wasn't protecting anyone by doing this thing to this yeah, man. Correct. And and that's very concerning. Mm-hmm. And the reasons behind all of it are very concerning. And we just kind of realized that this is the subject, this has to take place, this conversation. I can't have my kids grow up and not know these stories at all. Right. Because the day will come where they will be presented with their own version of Absolutely. that story. They'll have that experience. Yeah. Or they'll witness something. Or they'll see one. My son's friend could be discriminated sure. against in mm-hmm. front oh, of my sure. son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my son to be confused by that. I want him to come and rally for his right. friend. And I want him to support an ally. his friend. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he knows that his friend will need to lean on him and mm-hmm. that he will need to be there for him. And the vice versa. Absolutely. That his friend will be there for him mm-hmm. and that they have each other, then these stories and this history and all of that explanation will inform him and will keep him, Mm -hmm. keep him going in that direction. So I think that's an excellent suggestion is to take it upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the Nickelodeon example is like exactly them inspiring you to do that. Mm -hmm. I just, I I was angry, I guess, at the people that didn't take it as a positive way for a corporation to say, Teacher hey, kids something just positive. Spend a make, couple of minutes. This is an incredibly negative situation. Absolutely. Make something positive out of it for your kids, mm-hmm. and you know it's a difficult Man, conversation. Could have spent the time making cupcakes. You don't even have <laughs> to talk about anything. Right, but don't I, mean, like, I just it was, and uh, we are incredibly lucky that we are privileged in what we have, and that our kids don't have to worry about being discriminated against. Like I recognize that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you as that person you can't teach them that other people are yeah Mm -hmm. otherwise you risk the possibility that they become the discriminator like Mm -hmm. harper's like victoria like victoria is the only black kid in her class Mm -hmm. and my daughter i had literally no clue like which is fine i was Mm -hmm. like fine give me can i have your number my daughter really wants to hang out with your daughter yeah which i don't i could care less like it doesn't make a difference to me but it's like it's noticeable that she's the one black kid in the class and then I think in kindergarten, well, first of all, let's open another beer because oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we got, got so much little... to drink and we got so much to talk about. We have a long <laughs> way to go, you guys. All right. Let's talk about what Very... are we gonna... liquid love here. Yes. All right, care. <laughs> okay. So liquid love and skeleton key actually collaborated on the base beer. So they made the same base stout and then they added their own flavors. I can it. taste the vanilla. Oh my God, Lauren. I know. Calm down. <laughs> you can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. It's, it's a thing it's a for thing. us. I just can't. We'll get there. Anyways, all right, continue. So Liquid Love and Skeleton Key collaborated on the base beer and added their own flavors. So when I bought this beer, by the way, I was able to buy a two-pack, one of each can, mm-hmm. oh, from okay. Skeleton Key. So I didn't have to drive all the way out to Buffalo Grove, which was kind of nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this version has coffee, cacao nibs, and vanilla. Um, so... Lauren's already told us there is vanilla in well, it. So I guess I didn't have to if, say that. If you've listened to previous podcasts, <laughs> um, I don't taste vanilla in things. And I don't know why. But vanilla is not an adjunct that just comes out at me. But I taste the vanilla Absolutely. in this. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 
I mean, I get coffee smell, really strong coffee smell, and the uh, cacao cocoa nibs. We don't know. Am I doing this we wrong? Have no Anybody? Cocoa. Cacao. Mm-hmm. We'll go with cacao. We got Thanks. it. Thanks, Chess. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it both ways, though. Probably. It's still the my same thing. Brain is. <laughs> it's still the same. We're just gonna I call never, it nibs. I'm gonna call it nibs I never go a whole on. episode without screwing something up. <laughs> yeah. So I said okay. the name of the podcast right. It's a big step. Yeah, we're going with that. Yeah. All, all, all downhill from yes. there, actually. But, all right. Anyways, I can taste the vanilla in There's this There's definitely one. vanilla in this. So, now, how do you feel about this? I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not have a problem yeah. with it at all. And I do taste the vanilla. But um, the coffee isn't as strong to me. No. You know, yeah. a lot of times coffee is one of those overwhelming flavors in mm-hmm. beer when mm-hmm. it's in something. I Like I said, I got it in the smell. I get it a little bit in the aftertaste. aftertaste it's almost like yep. the same aftertaste as drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, after you set it down. It's in and the aftertaste, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. process the flavor. But the first taste I got to this was almost the vanilla, Lauren's which like, is so guys, weird. Like, let's just take <laughs> a moment. Let's just, it's a, yes, it's a thing. It's Lauren a thing. has turned a corner. <laughs> she can taste vanilla now. Yeah, apparently. It, this this brought game. it out in me. <laughs> I will say, I said to my, this to my husband the other day, and I was like, the more beer I drink, the more different flavors I can pick out in foods, yeah, even. Like, really? I was like, there's oh. nutmeg in this. And he was like, I think there might be. And I was like, no, <laughs> there is. amazing. There is. Thanks. Thank See? you, beer, yeah. for See? making me a more well-rounded right? human being. And he had mm-hmm. a, a homemade a, um, a root beer from someplace the other day. And it had cinnamon in it, which oh, I yeah. thought was interesting. But we didn't, like, read the description. It just was root beer. And I tasted it, and I was like, oh, Whoa, there's cinnamon. cinnamon in this. And he was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, no, no, there is. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, um, I, we went to Galena last summer, and we, they have a root beer shop. And I had one that had mint in it. Mm. I also had a barrel-aged root beer. Interesting. Yeah, it was good. Mm. So I recommend going there. I like it. I don't Mm. remember the name of it. But it was connected to the hotel on Main Street. You'll definitely it's Galena, find yeah. it yeah. if you go. That's some point. So Liquid Love is also donating 100% of the profits to My Block, My Hood, My City. Mm-hmm. Um, and another organization called Know Your Rights Camp. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cool. yeah. So they're kind of new. I'm sure we're going to hit on them eventually. Oh, for sure. Um, I actually, unfortunately, haven't really had the opportunity to try anything one from them. Yes. I wanted like to get Sad to Thug get. and... It's impossible to get it was hard. Love. We're so. going to have to meet with them so they can give us some beer. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. I like this. I actually <laughs> like Skeleton Key better. Well, of course you do. <laughs> so. Coconut. But. <laughs> I'm just saying. But they're both very good. I like the Liquid Love, but I, if, and I don't think we're going to do this unless. No, we're we'll not going to force if rank we were these. Gonna rank, <laughs> I think I kind of like the base beer a smidge better than than this only because i agree i love the f- the f- the oaky the, roast flavor that crisp, comes out smooth, and, yeah. and it mm-hmm. this is really good it's very sweet mm-hmm. and sl- a softened flavor on the base and i yep. like it i just i think the revolution one is kind of standing out for me which i'm still kind of surprised right? the base yeah. beer is my favorite so far it's re- it's a it's a really <laughs> great base though i like it the is. skeleton key because it's it's very different tasting to me Absolutely. than the base because mm-hmm. of all of those flavors like y- you have the base but it's a very different beer yeah um, i think that's cool and that's something lauren and i talk about a lot is when you find something that you maybe don't particularly like but the unique flavor of it is 
impressive yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And that's a lesson that has taken me a very long time to learn in the beer world, which is why I can drink beer with coconut. There you go. <laughs> See? I mean, we had a whole episode <laughs> devoted to beers we don't like. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. beer styles. Beer yeah. styles we don't Love like. It. So, and we anyways. complained. It was complaining. It was grind your gears. Uh, anyways, we're recapping. <laughs> it's not a good time. So, anyways, um, my my children definitely notice differences in people. Um, part of that is because of my oldest, and he's has special needs. He's autistic. He's epileptic, mm-hmm. and so they'll be more likely to point out kids who are different in those physical or developmental ways and actually like try and help them because they're so used to Mm -hmm. helping their brother. So they'll be like, Oh, so-and-so doesn't talk. Okay. Like I can help them try and, you know, connect with them in another way, Uh, in some Mm -hmm. other way. So they're very good about that, which is a way that a lot of kids aren't. And it's, it's not the same. But it's similar in that if you're exposed to diversity, if you're exposed to people with special needs, if you're exposed to all of these different things in childhood, you're just used to them it as you get much older. Much more naturally, yeah. To you. But if it's like there's all these white people in one black person, or these all these normal neurotypical in one kid in a wheelchair, like mm-hmm. they're not used to interacting with people that are different. Like right. they're, they're not. Yeah. And so I think like we send our kids, even though the twins are too smart for their own good um (laughs) we actually send them to special needs summer camp with my oldest every year and they are kind of like the helpers like they help the other kids they interact with all different people it is a incredibly diverse race and Mm -hmm. ability and everything Mm -hmm. but i don't think a lot of kids get that sometimes especially where we live at least it's like there's a bunch of white people who are fine and that's it but I feel like as parents, we need to do a better job of making sure our children know that there are people that are different than them. Like, there are mm-hmm. lots of people that are different in lots of different ways, whether it's color, whether it's abilities, whether it's whatever, languages, you know, lots yeah. of different things that, you know, I struggle even socioeconomically at Christmas time. Like, no, Santa's not going to buy you a $600 thing. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. He's going to buy you one little set yeah, of Legos. Like your friend yeah. is getting you a know, teddy bear. But there's and like, so right. many Santa's different. Santa's not going to give you. Mm-hmm. And even at, at their age, that's kind of what they judge people on is what they yeah. have and what they get. And, like, yeah. it's, they need, pe- kids need, parents need to do a better job of making their kids aware that, of all of those things, like everything, race is one of them, but they're different in so many different ways. And like my daughter came home one day and she was talking about not Victoria before Victoria. Apparently she's gravitates towards people with darker skin, but she's like, Oh, my friend. And I don't remember her name. It was like in preschool. She's like, she has the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. And I was like, Okay, like I have no idea. <laughs> is she brown? Is she black? Is she? I have no clue at this mm-hmm. point. And I think she was an Indian girl, and she's like, she is the most beautiful girl I've Aww. ever seen. And I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you're not judging her. You just think she's pretty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's fine. Like yeah. she's different than you. You are white as can be. Like you are mm-hmm. a Polish little girl. And like, but you think that other people are beautiful in their own way, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Which was fine. Like and at that age, I didn't really make it a point to be like people i you know like everybody's different which is fair but mm-hmm. now it's like everybody's different and we need to kind of add to that as they get older like right. everybody's different 
And sometimes people mm-hmm. judge them for that. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to accept everyone as they are, regardless of what that is. Right. And I guess maybe that's a way that we as parents do a better job than my parents did. Like, my, par- my mom wasn't... She didn't have prejudices, but she also didn't teach me not to be prejudiced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was just kind of more silent on the mm-hmm. subject than anything else. I mean, I think that, especially with parents, it's hard for parents to have those conversations with their child if they don't feel comfortable having those conversations with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in order for uh, parents to feel comfortable with that, they have to learn how to have those difficult conversations. And I was in Wisconsin, um, oh my gosh, like a month ago. Oh, it was during 4th of July. And... Um, one of our neighbors who um, who's from Wisconsin, but she lives in Illinois, she asked me a question and she said, um, I have a question for you, but I don't want to offend you. Oh, boy. And so I said, <laughs> all right, boy. now you have to tell like, me. If yeah. you said that, then that means you're going to offend me. Right. And like, so, there's about a 75-25 split here. You know. Yeah. And so, you know, I asked her, and she just said, what should I call you? And I was like, huh? Chassis? You should call like, me Chassis. Friend? <laughs> and hey, you. So, um, right, hey, you. Hey, yo. Um, hey, yo. She said, is it black or is it African American? Like, what do you want to be called? Oh. And so I said, well, you know, that depends on the person that you're talking to. Like, sure. I prefer to be called black. You know, that's just how I feel. But the next person that you meet over here may say something different. And so she was like, well, you know, that convert, you know, she was like, well, that question has been on my mind forever. And I said, well, if you didn't (laughs) ask the question, then you wouldn't have known. True. You have to ask questions. In it, order to find out the answer. Yeah, for And that's sure. one of the cool things about our kids is because they're so young that oh, they, they ask, ask a lot everything. of questions. Whether you want them to ask or not, you they know. ask. Yeah. But I think what happens is when parents are so frustrated, they will tell the, they will tell the kid not to ask a question. Like, mm. stop asking me these questions. Mm. And so when that happens, the kid shuts it down. That's, that's fair. Yeah. I only shut my kid down when they want me to fix their alarm oh, well, clock you know. at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm I like, you don't need that. an alarm clock. Yeah, No, <laughs> I, I think we all have those moments, especially lately. Like I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do think we need to do a better job of, but sometimes we need to do a better, better job of, of listening and answering our kids. But I think for me, it's a little bit different because our oldest never doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. So once the twins started talking, I think we were just like glad that they were talking. And now my boy twin talks way too much. Like so much (laughs) that you wish you would stop talking. Like constantly all the time about everything. Like, did you know that there are 67 different types of seropods, which is a subset of dinosaurs? (sighs) I do because Lauren's son told me. He can tell me like a thousand different facts about all kinds of different things. Um, But does he know how to pick up toys? Oof. Does if we tell him, yes. Mine does. No, that's what I I was going to say. So because of my parents, it's my parents. So it's, which is a great thing, which is is good. If you're listening, thank you. Um, (laughs) But 
you know, me and my husband, I feel like, especially since March, have been like, we cannot keep up with life, parenting, work, laundry, keeping the house clean, surviving. As you guys can see, I decided to pass on cleaning the house. Which is fine. No judgment. (laughs) Because we're like, and my husband's like, why can't we do this? And I was like, because normally our kids are in school or summer camp Mm -hmm. five days a week. And so that gives us sometime because i work four days a week and his schedule is 24 on 48 off right so he would have two days during the week to cut the grass do the laundry whatever and i was like that's how we did it but now we have to teach our children math right and we have to entertain our kids all summer long and they're always here Mm -hmm. they're never they don't go anywhere. So it's like we've lost time, and that is why we can't keep our house clean. But anyways, Absolutely. when my parents are over, they forget that sometimes, I think. And so they're like, your your house is dirty. Your kids haven't picked up after themselves. And they have them do it when we're out to dinner or whatever, if they're oh, coming to babysit. Well, that was, well, that was me on Sunday fine. for Harper's birthday party. When my mom got there, she was like, um, why did your house look this way? That would be my mother And so as well. my mother put on an apron. Did she put white gloves on and, and then like go across the fire? the house. Yeah, no, that's my mom too. Mm-hmm. My yeah. mom actually has confronted me on several occasions lately about how I haven't brought the laundry of my children over to her to do at her house and then bring back home. What? <laughs> because she used to occasionally do laundry. She used to do one day a week where she'd pick the kids sure. up. And she would do like two loads of laundry in yeah, the time between there. picking them up right. and me getting <clears throat> home because she would come to my house before she picked them up mm. from school mm-hmm. and she would okay. start a load of laundry and then she would go and get them mm-hmm. and then, and then that would be and done switch, and finish, she'd put it in yeah. the dryer and then she would do another load mm-hmm. and then she would get that in the dryer and then when I'd get home from work she'd be folding that load okay, I get putting, it. and she'd yeah. be like best part would be that she would be like I folded all of it it's on top of the dryer all you have to do is put it away. Which and is then not going to happen. And then I would say, it'll be there when you come next week. Yes. Yep. Yeah, no, that's the worst part. Putting it away. It never gets put away. And she would ever. just be like, Kara. Yeah, no. Don't do that. No, no, I'll totally not just put it, it upstairs. Yeah, I'm just going to hide I'm gonna it I'm going to say I'm going to bring it up when they go to bed, but I'm not going to tell you what day. <laughs> All could right, be tonight, so, could, yeah, be could be the night before week, you be, come. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We it's could be taking clothes out of that pile before. to dress my kids. That's exactly oh, what, what we do. What do you mean do. could be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just presenting we all will. the possibilities. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. There are many possibilities. There are many. All right, we're drinking another beer here, guys, because we've got Let's do six. it. Let's drink more. More, more? All right, more, we're drinking more. more. So I'm going to let you say what's in this beer, Nope, nope. There's some There's some coffee. dark matter coffee Yeah. it. is a Ethiopian and... Uh, Miramar, Geronimo, Miramar. Yep, not pronouncing that one because I don't. When you're honey. ready, anybody? You're yeah. hafe. You're hafe. Oh. What? You're There's coffee, anybody? guys. There's coffee there in here. Is Dark matter coffee. Mm-hmm. All right. It smells like coffee. Mm-hmm. Tastes like coffee. They're donating to Chicago Freedom School, hmm. um, which I've actually, I actually haven't heard of this one. So it's a school that provides development, training, um, hmm. 
uh, civic engagement, yeah. leadership development, and movement yeah. building. Dang, I need to send yeah, my kids to these. Movement is movement is a really big thing now. So hmm. I just um, want to ca- send my kids to a school that's called Freedom School. So movement building, do enlighten me. Oh my gosh, I just learned about this right before. Yeah. So. Huh? Um, Movement has a lot to do with what a person learns when they're around other people. Mm -hmm. So like mentorship, um, leadership, learning how to survive in a place that may not be directly for them. And so um, the word freedom is is, uh, historically um, would mean if a black person wanted to go to a certain school, because of segregation, they couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And so black communities would come together and make freedom schools. And so mm-hmm. that's basically where that comes nice. from. Nice. And so movement is all about that. Learning how to survive and learning how to um, interact with other people along with making sure that your culture is still a part of your life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. I wouldn't have known that if you That's didn't why I'm here. tell me. Thank I know. You. Thank you. <laughs> we knew she was going to add See? something. See? That's what I You left and right. <clears throat> um, this what might... do you think of the beer? Go ahead. Either one of you. No, go ahead. I like more. This is my least favorite that we've tried. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chassis, don't let Lauren influence you. No, she's no, no, not. Don't. She's not. Yeah. She says she knows stuff about beer, but that shouldn't change your opinion. <laughs> I know you my pretend. opinion yes. on beer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's tastes. Yeah. That's are what's very so great different. about beer is yes. that it's so subjective. I don't have a problem with it. I think that I would. I think that I would drink this again, and oh, I don't okay. know if it has to do with, um, the coffee. Like the Ethiopian, like mm. natural coffee, because I'm really big into like Ethiopian food, okay, and things like that. And so I don't really have an issue with it. So I do I like love it. coffee. I will say she I'm, does. I, I I I grind my own beans. I I I buy the uh, whole bean. I coffee did sign from up for a I mystery. Saw. It's a mystery. I coffee want to join this coffee subscription. Anyways, I'm a big coffee a fan. Yeah. So, which I'll tell I will, you about it. All right, after. You have to choose between medium roast or dark roast. Mm. I chose dark roast, of course. Mm. So anyways, I do love coffee. <laughs> I just, I don't medium. know. There's something about this one that just isn't, it's underwhelming to me. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, obviously you didn't like the coconut, but besides the coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, if I have to... If we were to say it was apples to apples, which I don't think that it is. Also, it's very different. These beers are different. Well, I was going to say between Liquid Love, which also has coffee in it. Mm -hmm. It's different. And more. um, They taste very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that what you do get from more, and this you should definitely agree with, is that this beer makes the vanilla and Liquid Love very obvious. One hundred percent. As yes. I said, if you were to if you were yes. to attempt to say apples to apples and put these two kind of next sure. to each other, I think that you could say that is how you can tell what vanilla does mm-hmm. to a beer. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely true. This is a pure coffee. Liquid yeah. love, if you compared it to this, is all vanilla. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Well in that even the chocolate, even the Yeah. 
cacao nibs. I feel like I'm a bird of some sort. Is it a signal? But yeah, even that impacted that flavor enough. And now, with that in mind, this is an extremely strong coffee in this more beer. I mean, the coffee that's in Liquid Love isn't the same no. No, no, no. level this is of heavy coffee. heavy coffee but which i bet i would like in a steaming hot mug yeah. of coffee i feel like i feel like it's too strong for my beer but would be good for my mm-hmm. morning okay mm-hmm. how's that that's my description yeah. of this one <laughs> yeah i yeah i think that most um african coffees are very strong yes so. my first month subscription was a kenyan beer yeah mm. beer coffee <laughs> Same. I, it's fine. I'm Whatever. Sorry, you guys. It's, I mean, you know, that's okay. Coffee, drinking coffee beer. beer. We're talking about Same coffee. Thing. Anyways, yes. All right. Steaks. Oh, we need steaks. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right. Let's get serious now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've really hit a, a lot of topics that I really mm-hmm. wanted to bring out in this conversation. Um, and I think we've really focused on how we want to create this positive and inclusive attitude in our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel very encouraged. Um, I think that what we've really discovered is that it's really on us to educate our children, yes. to take things to the next level. And I think to even go to another level to kind of inspire policy among our school district Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. this subject actually came up during my uh the school district um school board meeting where they were discussing the learning program for this fall really interesting yes um one of the school board members made the observation that another school board member was supposed to come with a presentation about um courses that they were going to introduce in middle school and high school that were going to s- discuss things like social justice mm-hmm. and, and and to kind of delve more into diversity. Mm-hmm. And because, as I've already said, my, I live in a pretty diverse school district. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so relevant. Yeah, and she sure. was sort of, honestly, I would say she was actually pretty miffed that it kind of got pushed by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And, and I won't argue one way or the another whether that was valid because I have not gone to previous board sure, meetings to see how that one, conversation one that you were had there. developed. Sure. I mean, if if somebody <clears throat> was supposed to come with a presentation and they just came with nothing, then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you have every right to yeah. be mad. I would be super annoyed about that. Yeah. Um, if she kind of brought it up randomly and not to, not to get in the way, but the fact that we're trying to figure out how to teach our kids this fall, right? I don't want to set anything aside. I'm just saying that there was so much disagreement in that area mm-hmm. that, and they had like parents waiting to speak on the matter and yeah. things like that. Um, but I will say that even though it's possible it should have been tabled momentarily, sure. there and- were parents who came up and talked about that in addition to talking about their feelings on fall learning. Really? Wow. Yes. There well, were parents a, who came That's good that it's in, important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it... it I can't imagine in our district it would be the same. Like again, yeah. they're mostly there's not there's they not a ton be, of diversity. They would be like, "Oh, what an interesting idea." Yes. <laughs> like I don't think they'd be against it, right. but I don't Just think they would they be the ones presenting it. something they maybe hadn't considered. I mean, there were 425 kindergartners when the twins were in kindergarten and wow. my daughter's class had one minority. 
Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean. That's huge. It, at your school? Not at our school. Just in, in the district. In the, in the, I was going to say. In the district. You need more so, schools. <laughs> yeah. They put Do all the kindergartners one. in one wing of one elementary school. So, they're all together. And then they go to their home schools for one through four. And then wow. middle schools, five, six, junior high, setup. seven, eight. That's so cool. Yeah. So, they have a wing for kindergarten. That's and so all cool. of the kindergartners go to one school. but wow. it, And so my daughter was That's only one of 15 classes, but even still, there was one That's black girl in crazy. her entire class. And I think there were probably, um, this is stereotyping, but my one of my son's good friends was is Muhammad. I'm going to assume that he is likely not white. Um but there's probably the majority of his class was white as well. There's not a ton. Yeah. I would say mm-hmm. one to two kids in each class weren't. So it's not not very diverse. So I think in our district, mm-hmm. it it's more on the parents and really the teachers, but the parents to do the teaching or push for some education or history mm-hmm. or something or, you know, do a better job of it. Because like you and I, Kara, like when we grew up, not th- we we did fine, but there wasn't teaching of any of this yeah, when we were kids. I think that in a lot of ways we kind of went out and looked for it ourselves. Right. I mean, we took it upon ourselves to find these organizations when we yeah, got to college true. and yeah. to mm-hmm. seek out people that we found initially probably just interesting and friend worthy. Agreed. And that we yeah. ultimately got to learn about their culture and got to appreciate them yeah. for more than just friendship right and yeah. um and we weren't trying to just have a friend who was a minority just to say we had a friend who was a minority. Ugh, like we no. like people for who they are not what they look like but there are those people that are more superficial that don't yeah. do that unfortunately um I, I as we were talking about high school and moving on to college and things i will mm-hmm. say that my father did say i was not allowed to date a black man but he also didn't like my current husband when he came over either so he was he, he's very white but um you know he had like combat boots and you know whatever and he's like you, i don't like him either so i think my dad just didn't like people i'm just reiterating i think yeah, he didn't no, like people i would say that's <laughs> probably speaking. true he's a cool guy but he's definitely mellowed yeah. my childhood memory <laughs> of Lauren's dad and my adult memory. Now he like hugs me every yeah. time I see him and he's like so warm and loving and great. But he likely just put his newspaper down, gave you a nod and didn't even talk to you most <laughs> of our child. childhood. I mean, I'm not sure I remember yeah. conversations with yeah, him. Yeah, no, fair. Yeah. I remember maybe, you know, being a little scary. I even think my mom might have been a little nervous around fair. her dad for a while. No, I don't. You know? I, that's, and she's kind of yeah. not really afraid of anybody. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's pretty much my, my, my father when I was younger. He is definitely mellowed out totally. as he's gotten older, totally. which is good. And he's think, become more accepting of people, I which think is a lot great. of that has to do with your oldest. I think your dad's really oh, warm he, because of your son. He... Him because and I've watched my your dad interact with him, yes. and it is beautiful and yes. wonderful and loving and mm-hmm. just like he I has just more like patience with my love. oldest, who's the autistic one, than mm-hmm. anyone in the entire world. Yeah, they. My mom and I said that my dad and my son are going to wind up in like an old folks' home someday, like together. just the two of them <laughs> together, like. My son's going to have, like, some special needs, and dad's just going to be old, and they're He's just going to live in an apartment together, together, like yeah. the two of them. That's so funny. So when, when the kids stay at my parents' house, my dad 
sleeps in the same room as my oldest in a bed together, the two of them. He doesn't have to. I don't know why he does. Because my oldest sleeps in a bed by himself at home. Right. So it's okay. He's but fine. I think it's my dad that wants to. Because then mm. the twins have their Maybe own room. Maybe he's just worried about him. Could Maybe be. he doesn't want to leave but him like, alone. They just, he, he, just, he sleeps over there and grandpa sleeps in bed with him. And mm. that's so, yeah, my dad has very, very much become a much more accepting person. And again, that's partially because of experience. Right. As you experience different things and are close to different people, that's you you grow to understand them better and i think that i mean that's all that you know people are asking for right now because my whole thing is i always think about if x y and z didn't happen would society be talking about this yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so you know we like you said you know there's an experience that happens and then from that experience you have to adapt to what happened Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what society needs to do. These experiences keep happening. We have to adapt and change with that situation. No, that's and okay. I mean, it's going to, it's going to, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. Oh gosh, no. You know what I mean? So well, and it's, we've, but I we've think gotten this far. That people yeah. think, okay, well this happened. It needs to change right now. And not that's gonna not happen. what's going to happen. It's not even reasonable to assume that. It's, I mm-hmm. mean, it's how many years has it taken to get to the point that we're at now? And we've maybe improved in some ways, but it's going to take a while for mm-hmm. other people to change. Yeah. And there's some people that are just assholes and aren't going to change. Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. it, you have to also accept Absolutely. that, that, some people are some on people all are, levels, yes. in all races. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It, this mean, is there, not a white black thing. There's just people everyone. that are bad. Yes. I in mean, every race there are and nationality and everything. going against the cause in all directions. Yeah, 100%. Just for the hell of it. Yes. Just for the hell of yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's going to happen too. You're not going to bring everybody on board, but mm-hmm. hopefully you can change some things for the better and more things for the better and bring mm-hmm. more equality to all different people, and then you just have to accept that there are some people that aren't going to change no mm-hmm. matter what you do. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're also going to continue drinking. Mm-hmm. For an exchange in Church Street, this is their iteration of uh, Black is Beautiful. So they collaborated, and, and not only did they collaborate on the base beer, um, and I recall when Ricky talked about this, he said that he did sub uh some grains for yes. comparable grains that he felt mm-hmm. you know closer they to. took the base recipe and yeah he subbed in some of their malted and roasted grains i believe that yes were of sim- sim- similarities to the, the recipe yeah so there's more variety in this maybe than some of the mm-hmm. other ones that we've yeah. had for that it reason also has coffee it does have coffee <laughs> and some it's strong ca- coffee cacao. yeah and, yeah. and your favorite thing Lauren's again? favorite thing, cinnamon. cinnamon. It's not my favorite, cinnamon. but cinnamon. yeah, it's got, uh, so it's got Ugandan all, coffee yeah. um, and some cinnamon. Mm-hmm. You, I think I can taste this. You know, this is the second, this is the only one that I've had twice as of today. Okay. Um, the other ones, this is all, my first time trying it. And I feel like after trying some of the others of this and then trying this one, I taste the cinnamon more this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I did the totally, fr- or it could be it's sitting. I don't know, but I definitely taste the cinnamon more now. It could have been what we were drinking prior to that, yeah, etc. It was but like our probably our fourth or fifth beer yeah. that night as well. But I definitely taste the cinnamon more in this mm-hmm. one. I actually feel like this one's a little bit lighter. 
oh, than really? the others. Okay. Just a, like a smidge. Yeah. I think I this mean, is lighter the, in taste than the more the one. Right. Substitution mm-hmm. and yeah. it has a bit of a lighter, a less heavy feel. Right. Yeah. I definitely think that the coffee though is a little bit stronger in the more, but maybe because this one has the cinnamon with it mixed. Mm-hmm. That it gives that little bit. Well, and it's got cacao, which so, yes. you know. You just at, like to say cacao. I think you just like to say that. It's just making me feel weird. Um, <laughs> but I think that that flavor in beer in general yeah. mellows out and smooths out flavor. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's almost like a it's almost like a melding instrument. It's almost like it's bringing okay. together the other flavors in beer. Because it turns up so often. It really does. It's and in I a lot think, of different stouts. I think that. They, it's not straight up chocolate because no, it's chocolate not. does something else to beer. But when you put in this flavor, you you get more of a mixture of the other flavors that are are together, and I think it just kind of it it combines well. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I like it. Mm-hmm. So Foreign Exchange and Church Street decided to give their proceeds from the sales to restore Aurora Fund. Um, to rebuild their immediate community and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Actually, no, restore Aurora Fund really well. So, oh, really? Very, That's very where Foreign um, Exchange is opening uh, uh, is opening operation in Aurora. Hopefully, mm-hmm. by the end of this year. Yeah, yeah. he's very connected mm-hmm. to Aurora. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do a lot for the city. That's good. That's, that's good. Well, mm-hmm. that's a good local yeah. fund to donate to then. Totally. Well, well awesome. they, I'm sure they need it now. Yeah. With yeah. all the craziness going on in Aurora. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So we're yeah. going to crack our last one here in just a second. But while we're doing that, I guess let's, uh, you know, any final thoughts, hmm. Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't go there. I'm going to tell some jazzy history. She used to work for Jerry Springer. I did. Stop it. As soon as you said I was like, what? And then I said final thoughts and I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help resist. Yourself. Couldn't oh, help yourself. My life. My life Hey, as long as you've led an entertaining, good, happy life, it, that's all that matters. Right? It makes yeah. for good stories, it, right? You yes. don't have to share a Jerry story. If I you am don't not want to. going to share but. any. I um, signed an NDA. Oh, uh, well, you can't. I I can't. Are they still around? It hasn't been more than 10 years. Oh, it has. Yeah, so see. But that's okay. I will <laughs> All right, not. fine. Any additional thoughts on our actual Jerry topic? Jerry Springer was a very wonderful man. Oh, that's all that's I have to cool. Say. I'm happy to hear that. Yes. Um. I mean, I think that the conversation is important and the conversation is, you know, more than, you know, the, the time that we have here. You know, this well, is sure. forever. You know, there's a lot of things that happen every single second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but to not have the conversation is detrimental to everybody. It's worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're right. I mean, Lauren and I had conversations about making this more than one episode mm-hmm. and about how we, I mean, we could talk about this for weeks. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. We could delve into, I mean, we we Absolutely. touched on a lot of the things I really wanted us to talk about and then mm-hmm. I hope you guys mm-hmm. feel like you got to get through some yeah. of the things you wanted to say. Um, but there's no way we've said everything we no. would, could no, possibly say. No, it's the say. tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I mean, there's, But I'm glad that yeah. we did it. And but I'm I, sure we will come around to this again. I mean, I think that we, we're a little different because we were exposed to 
you know, multiculturalism mm-hmm. in, in college, you yes. know. Yeah. Um, and we were able to get to know different people that weren't like us. Uh-huh. And actually uh-huh. get to know them as people. Yeah. Part of yes. the problem is not the... The problem isn't the parents like us that are trying to teach our children. It's the parents that aren't like us that aren't mm-hmm. teaching their children. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how do they get the positive good message if it's not in school and it's not at home? They they don't right. yeah. is the problem. Or when they do, it's too late because their yeah. mind has already been sure. taught I mean, other yeah. things. I think ultimately, I think when, when you come down to it, I mean... All you can do is try to help your children find the right path Mm -hmm. on this and Mm -hmm. that if they're loving, welcoming, accepting individuals um, that will come to their friends in in a time of need, Mm -hmm. um, that you've done what you can. And that hopefully if they show love and appreciation to a friend who hasn't had the same Mm -hmm. life experience, that maybe there's a chance that that friend, that that person will come around too. Mm -hmm. And you turn your children into advocates. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's just the best that we can hope for, is that they they approach this subject with love and understanding. Mm -hmm. So that when they do come across somebody who doesn't have have that that, experience, yeah. That they don't, it's very easy to shut people down. It's very easy to walk away. You know, how many times do you write a comment on Facebook and delete it before you post it? I mean, all the time. lately so Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, almost too often. (laughs) Um, More than I actually comment on things. Uh, All the time, yeah. But there are times where what you may actually want to say Mm-hmm. is something that maybe that person does need to hear. Yeah, agree. And the reason why you don't say it on Facebook is all the obvious things, that right. you don't want to deal with everybody else's sure, reaction sure, to that. Sure, sure. And mm-hmm. I've had occasions where I've had private conversations with people about things they've said on Facebook because I've wanted to share my personal feeling without setting myself up as a target. Right. Um, no, I've, I've done the same thing. I... There are certain things that you feel like should be said. It doesn't need to be said in a public forum, perhaps, mm-hmm. but they well, might need to hear it. I think everyone could learn that lesson. I mean, oh, that's yeah. that's three more podcasts. We so. say too many things on Facebook. <laughs> we would be don't sleeping we? here. Yeah. Still All right. I agree. Be more than a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's drink our final. I forgot to say something about oh. uh, foreign exchange. I actually go to Enduro Coffee. Oh, really? Yes. So their operation will be right next door. Yes. Really? Right next door. Guess who's yes. going to be picking up beer Ooh. for us? Oh, 100%. Yes. Okay. All right, Ricky and <laughs> Chassie, they're going to meet soon. Yeah, Ricky, um, we're going to bring Chassie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to meet her. All right, so Miskatonic is our last Black is Beautiful collab. Oh, yeah. Miskatonic, did you taste this? I did. Did you? Oh, because I was going to warn you. <laughs> it's barrel uh, so This is a stouts. blend of barrel-aged stouts. So this is kind of like taking it up to 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't tasted it yet, but I did smell it's it. It's fancier. If you smell it, I like that. It's fancier. It's That's fancier. a good way. I'm going to tell I'm them gonna you call, said that. Dude, I'm going to call barrel-aged stouts fancier from now on. I love right? it. Right? I like I it. it. This uh, smells like barrel age, though. You can smell yeah, it. Yeah, you can definitely smell the barrel. Well, if you know what barrel age smells like, you can smell it. My well, husband, I know what barrel age My is husband would just smell I was bad. Gonna sell, if you yeah. drink bourbon, and, yeah. um, you're definitely going to, because you're going to smell bourbon. It's yes. going to smell. Oh, it smells so good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it does. It smells fantastic. This is great. I'm mm-hmm. so excited that Miskatonic's version is good, because I've always wanted. 
their stuff to be the best stuff I drink, and they're it's knocking really it out good. of the park. You like it? I do like it. I, Wonderful. Yes. Miskatonic is a it's a sleeper. Like people do not appreciate their beer as much no. as they should. I'm a big fan. Anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> this is very good. Um, their proceeds are going going to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, similarly mm-hmm. to Foreign Exchange and Church Street. Yeah. Um, and as well as a children's food fund um, to help with apparently children who don't necessarily have a steady stream of food on a daily basis, which is fantastic. So. That is fantastic. I did discover recently that our school district has been supplying meals to kids since school let yeah. out um, Ours quite, has too. quite regularly. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. You know, there's all these conversations about, well, what are what's the role of schools in society? And and I know you can argue that they do too much or they don't do enough mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think in that regard, I think that's just a great yeah. way for the school to support the community. There um, are unfortunately a, a lot of where, families that... Well, that's that, what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, when I worked, you know, at different high schools, you know, over my, you know, career... A lot of times students were coming to school for food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for they sure. may not have done their homework, but they were coming for lunch and for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't have it at home. Yes. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part about one of the many unfortunate parts, but a big one about everything being shut down mm-hmm. is that even though some of the schools in our district as well is providing lunches, some of the kids might either not know or not have the ability to get there because they were coming by bus. Right, they were right. coming by. Right. So you have to come to the school to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of underprivileged kids that, that you're right, that's mm-hmm. where they were eating mm-hmm. was at school. Um, and it really is unfortunate that everything going on, they I, I, I fear for those kids probably more, yeah. more than our kids yeah. who we know – our kids will be fine. It's frustrating, mm-hmm. but they'll all be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the ones that have less than we are providing that are really suffering yeah. in this whole situation. Yeah. yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. Well, gosh, you guys. I mean, I want to wrap it up, but I also secretly want to mix all of these beers together and drink <gasps> them in one glass. Cuvée, yeah. cuvée. So I think before we close, we should <laughs> absolutely do that, right? All right, so uh, find your glass that has the least amount in it, you guys. Or just drink it. That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know my miskatonic glass is still quite full, and I'll be back to it. Oh no, so I'm gonna I'm that. gonna hold on to that one. Oh, cuvee. All right, all right. Ooh. Let's start with we got these two on the table here. So what just happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened to yours. Oh my god. This is yours. Yes. This is your foreign exchange. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, we had a little lost beer thing. Yeah. Don't yeah. go crazy. There's not, you know, no, no, you don't no, have no, a lot of room. So, yeah, we're going to mix them all each. together, you guys. Ooh, don't put too much miscatonic no, 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 no. in there. You'll get sick. But I love it. Okay. All, all right. We're working on the cuvee, guys. Oops, we're working on it. Mistake, right? Probably. I it's not mine. a mistake. Don't say that. There's too much in mine. Well, you, sh- you poured too much. I'm heavy-handed. You apparently are. I, I don't care. I'm going to drink this whole thing. So if you guys can see what I'm doing right now, I've literally peer- poured an entire full glass of every beer into <laughs> into this glass. 
It's fantastic, and I love it. And I'm going to take a picture of it with my phone so you guys can see it later. There it is. All right. All right. So now we're going to try all six at the same time. This is... No guts, no glory, right? All right, let's do it. Cheers, everyone. Mm. It's actually really good. It's really great, right? It's really, really good. That is Don't actually, you love it? it really, Aren't you glad it, that we did No, it? I'm a big fan. This is fantastic. Mm. This is really good. <laughs> I actually like that a lot. I'm so glad that we did it. All right. So on that note, let's yes. wrap up. Thank you very, very much, Chassie, for joining us tonight. It I appreciate you. No, I love wonderful. you guys. Yes, yes we love we you too. Love you. <laughs> Um, so just to wrap up, you guys, don't forget to uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. at Parenting by the Pint. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to keep doing episodes, and we're going to keep having our wonderful guests join us as mm-hmm. much as we can. We've reached out to some breweries. We're going to be hitting yeah, more, some of that. More interviews to come. If you have any either brewery or parenting topic suggestions, feel free to yeah. send us a message on any of the above platforms. And uh, we will talk to you all very soon. All right. Thank you thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.